The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer, and we hope you've been enjoying our educational series. We've been recording all of these podcasts on glossary terms. Some of them may seem really basic. You're probably wondering, wait a second, AI Today podcast has been around for five years. Why are you now just defining artificial intelligence? Well, the answer is, well, if you don't know the answer, you should listen to that podcast because I'm not going to define it for you here. I will not. Uh, But there's many other terms. And that are related, they get more and more complicated. So you should definitely stay subscribed. It's one of some of our most popular stuff that we do here on AI Today. And as I mentioned, for the last five years and 300 plus episodes. But one of the other things that we have been doing that's been really popular is having some fantastic interviews with people who are putting AI into practice today. And also our community of people who have been certified on the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology, CPMAI, which is the leading methodology and practice for implementing AI and advanced data analytics projects. There's nothing like it out there. Things have not been evolving on the other side. So if you're familiar with CRISPDM, it's a great place to start, but that hasn't been evolved for 20 years. So we have something for you, but I'm not going to dive too much into that because that's actually another whole bunch of podcasts we've have recorded on those subjects as well. So I'll let you do that. But yeah, we are thrilled to have with us here on this podcast. We're going to be interviewing someone to continue on that great series that we talked about. Exactly. We have been, you know, it's one thing for us to talk about CPMAI, but we really wanted our community to share it with our podcast listeners as well. So you may have noticed we've had some previous interviews with folks that are CPMAI certified. And so today we are continuing with that and interviewing somebody else that's CPMAI certified so he can share his experiences. I'm really excited to have with us Andre Barkawi, who is a project management independent consultant, and he's also CPMAI certified. So welcome, Andre, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me here. Perfect. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role. All right. Uh, well, I have backgrounds that are apparently uh, incompatible with each other, but for working with artificial intelligence, I think they help a lot. It's in computer science and psychology. I have a master's and doctorate in business management and a postdoctorate in business management as well. Uh, I was a project manager at IBM a long time ago. Better not talk about time here. <laughs> and a FMO manager for HP Latin America uh, a while ago as well. Uh, since I became an independent consultant, and there goes more than 20 years now, I've been dealing with uh, uh, all kinds of segments, always working uh, as a project management consultant or trainer. Uh, I also work as a professor and coordinator of the largest MBA in project management in Brazil at Fundação Getúlio Vargas, and I'm very proud of it. I also have some books written on project management as well. Unfortunately, I guess just one of them has an English version, but <laughs> but that's it. That's me. Well, that's fantastic. And you, you might have heard the accent. You know, one of the things we didn't say in our introduction, Andre is in Brazil. He is so, and he's been focused <laughs> on... Uh, project management in general, uh, you know, of course, it's worldwide, you know, perspective, but living there in Brazil. So this may actually lead into our our next little question here, because people may be familiar with 
perhaps AI and data implementation in their geographic region, but maybe there are some differences worldwide. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about like what challenges have you run into into managing data and AI projects in general that have nothing to do with regionality, but maybe also any sort of differences you've seen in the way that projects may be run and managed in, say, Brazil versus uh, anywhere else uh, on the globe. Okay, okay. Well, I've, uh, well uh, as you both know better than me, there are many challenges involving AI projects. Uh, the lack of knowledge and competence in the area, uh, lack of clear strategy for data, uh, the inherent uh, complexity of AI projects, among others. But in my specific case, I think it's important to give a little bit of uh, the project background before talking about it. Uh, the project uh, was held in an insurance company that wanted to automate its processes in, in a certain area. Uh, it started as a, soft, as a software development project, but ended up migrating to an AI project to do it to the possibilities that, that rise. Uh, here in Brazil, we, we one thing that we have uh, a lot is hope. <laughs> hope that everything is going to be better. Hope that everything is going to uh, uh, evolve. So the problem here, the problem at that case specifically, was not to be ambitious, I guess, but to equate ambition with the reality and culture of the environment in which we were working. You know what I mean? Uh, in this case, they were slightly too ambitious, to say the least. <laughs> They envisioned a very large and complex project scope that would involve not only supervised learning, but also sentiment analysis, natural language processing, and all mixed together. <laughs> so one of the main challenges we faced was precisely the issue of unrealistic expectations regarding the project. I, I don't think that this is just uh, a Brazilian pro pro problem. I believe that's worldwide. <laughs> but, uh, well, the initial idea was humble and compatible with the department's maturity, a kind of turbocharged chatbot to uh, answer internet calls, internal calls. But when the idea grew and people began to think about predictive actions for automated problem solving, they ended up bumping into issues as basic as the shortage of qualified professionals within the company, and the lack of data itself, they, there are simply wasn't enough qualified data to start any sort of classification. Unfortunately, this reality was only verified during the execution of the project. Uh, in summary, the idea that we should have AI here no matter what, uh, because AI become kind of a hype, right? I believe everywhere, but in Brazil, uh, I mean, everybody's talking about it. Uh, my, my sentiment is that people are talking about it, but people... Uh, do not know yet how what to do with it, if you know what I mean. Uh, so this this we have to do this 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 feeling that we have to use the AR no matter what led my customer to underestimate the complexity of what he wanted uh, compared to the reality of what they really had. Actually, today I think if we had uh, a good AI project management methodology these problems or part of them could have been uh, mitigated somehow. That's at least that's what I think. Yeah, I don't know I mean, if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You know, and, and it is interesting because I think you're right. There are some uh, things that are just general problems, right? And then there's other things maybe that are a little bit more specific to your region or to, you know, types of, of 
challenges that you have. And that's why we wanted you to kind of highlight that. But in general, I think more problems are similar than not. And that's important to understand because a lot of times people always think problems are unique just to them or their organization or their industry. And if you look a little bit more broadly, you find they're actually not. Um, and you're right, yeah. having, yeah, if and having a methodology that you follow, you know, kind of like this step-by-step process is incredibly important so that you're not continuing to create it from scratch every time. We've had different podcasts yeah. where we talk about, you know, artificial intelligence and project management and how they are really, uh, you know, coming together. Of course, CPM AI helps you manage AI projects, but how do you see artificial intelligence within the project management space? Maybe, you know, what are your experiences? How have you seen that? Uh, that's an interesting point. Uh, by the way, I just conducted research, as you know, based on the subject. Uh, the analysis is not finished yet, but uh, we had more than, uh, more or less 500 responses worldwide. So we'll see. Well, I believe there are two important aspects here. Uh, the first one is relative to how artificial intelligence may help project managers in the near future. At this point, uh, the Gartner Group released a polemic study in 2019, if I'm not wrong, saying that by 2030, 80% of today's project management work would be eliminated by AI. <laughs> uh, functions like uh, data collection, tracking, reporting, and so on. Indeed, with technologies uh, increasingly accessible and cheap, it makes no sense to manage only on instinct, although instinct is also relevant. Uh, on the other hand, uh, data reigns supreme today and its value in management cannot be uh, overlooked, right? Uh, therefore, new new rules, a uh, new role, sorry, we also emerge on the project team. Uh, it's hard to imagine a team throughout the 21st century without an engineer or data scientist. And not because the project is necessarily IT, but because it's no longer conceivable to, to ignore the power of data science. So although I believe that part of Gardner's prediction may come true, I also believe that new opportunities will open, right? Uh, machines can be very useful in forecasting, and they are much better in calculations in general, of course, but they have a lot to learn about empathy, pride, sadness, anger, disgust, pride, or sarcasm. Uh, so that's one point. The second aspect, which is also related to the first one, of course, is how to manage artificial intelligence projects, given their degree of specificity, right? Uh, not that project managers should be, should be data science themselves, but in my experience, it's very useful to be aware of what's happening within our team. Not only the technical part, but even the language that is being shared. At this point, an AI project management methodology that helps in understanding issues related to machine learning, statistics, quality assurance, model personalization, uh, uh, storytelling, uh, among other points, is crucial and should not be neglected. Uh, even a little bit, even a, a little bit of data and software engineering knowledge uh, may be uh, welcome, may be welcome because in this context, uh, everything counts. Information counts. The reason I'm saying it is because a good project management methodology for AI increases the chance of project success. And at the end of the day, right, that's what we want. I mean, to generate value with our projects. Uh, so that's that's uh, both aspects. I think it would be interesting to 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 say. Yeah, that's important, and I I think it's still very much undervalued the whole idea of 
project management method or methodology or framework or process, whatever word, key phrase you want to use, people uh, don't prioritize. And we talk to, to people who are C-level executives and they'll tell us that they're, the solution to their problems of data quality or not getting enough good quality analysis or AI project stalling or whatever the problem might be, you know, poor ROI, poor visibility is clearly in their minds a product problem. And if they just had a better product, all of those problems would go away. Now, of course, we all know that's not true for any of us who's been in this space for a while. And you might say, well, maybe maybe it's not the tools you're using. Maybe your tools are fine. Maybe it's something in the way you're using them or in the way you're running your projects or the way you're scoping your projects, right? These are all project management concepts. These are not technology concepts. And for whatever reason, there's this, this resistance. No, 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 no. Couldn't be anything wrong. No, I... I've ran this before for my other organizations. <laughs> Were you successful in those other organizations? No, it's some other problem. We see people running away from their organizations, not realizing the problem. I mean, this is you know, what what do you think of that? Have you seen that same sort of like resistance, <laughs> to, you know, method or method? How many, how many times? How many times, bro? <laughs> A lot of times, yes. And people have time. It's interesting because people have time to correct something, but people do not think that they should take this time to plan. Uh, the things that they're doing, <laughs> to plan the steps of what they're doing. And uh, it's sometimes uh, they think that's that's uh, going to be a waste of time or, or something like that. And and it's exactly the opposite. I mean, so so you're right. You're right. I mean, we, people should invest a little bit more in planning and uh, controlling and, you know, uh, trying to, to make the projects uh, more successful. Yeah, it's definitely a hard road. Well, we tell people that the education is low cost and high return value. And especially if it's, you know, doesn't cost anything. We have a free intro to CPMAI, the methodology course. We've just been talking about methodology here for running AI projects based on CRISPDM and Agile and all these sorts of approaches that are best practices. We know we just made this up out of nowhere. I mean, this comes from an existing uh, experiences, right? Especially from those who have been successful. And as we mentioned, Andre himself has been certified in CPMAI. So for those who are listening, where maybe CPMAI, this term is new, you're not familiar what it is, maybe you're skeptical, or maybe you're just curious, or maybe you like to learn a little bit. Fortunately, we got you covered, guys. And girls, we love you here on AI Today Podcast. Um, we have a free intro to CPMAI course, as I mentioned. If you go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI, you could register. We're seeing many of our podcast listeners register. So be part of it and you'll get something right away for it. You'll get an overview of CPMAI. And we even have a little bit of an email that goes along and provides some information along the way. So we do would love to have you be formally part of our CPMAI community. And that comes from, of course, going through the training and being certified. And maybe we'll have more news for you on the certification front. But right for now, we just come to our CPMAI site, cognolitica.com slash CPMAI will be educated and informed, which is always a first step to doing things right. So maybe the sort of, I'll bring it to you, Andre, to the follow-up question, you know, how has CPMAI, the methodology, helped you? You know, how has it helped you better manage and run AI projects and data projects, formulate your thoughts, all that sort of good stuff? Well, well, my, my history with CPMI methodology was very interesting because it was through you, 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 your podcast that I first heard about it. <laughs> So I'm very thankful to, to your podcast and to both of you. Uh, well, when I heard it, uh, I wondered if the method, exactly what you just said, I wondered if the methodology could be useful in any way in, uh, in my projects, the projects that were 
uh, that were appearing. Uh, so I decided to submit myself to the certification process, and it was a very nice experience, I should say. Uh, first, because of the content itself, which made me reflect uh, on all the phases of an AI project in a more structured way, as Caitlin just said. Uh, basic questions about whether a project needs to use AI or, or what parts of the project uh, AI can contrib contribute the most. Uh, another basic questions, uh, question was regarding the difference between AI projects and software development projects. Uh, many people, <laughs> oddly enough, think uh, it's the same thing, software and AI projects. And believe me, it's not. I know you do, but <laughs> for those who are listening, it's really, really not. And I found that out in the, the most hard way. Uh, the, business, the business understanding phase of CPMI also makes it much easier to understand AI patterns, uh, which serve as true drivers for projects to be undertaken. Uh, recognition, predictive analysis, automation, and so on. Uh, issues about how to split the project in terms of interactions, uh, how to apply concepts of agile methods and its applications, uh, the concern with ethics, uh, in addition to the issue of preparation and subsequent analysis of the ROI, uh, ROI which is often uh, not so clear or, or is even sometimes forgotten, uh, but at the end of the day ends up being fundamental, right? Uh, all the other phases of CPMI, data understanding, preparation, modeling, model evaluation, uh, even if they address more technical aspects, uh, I think they're fundamental for those who want to understand and walk better in AI projects. In my case, it was also very useful because it helped me a lot to interact with the data scientists, uh, both, both from the point of view uh, of the algorithm's choice uh, and parameterization, as, uh, but as well as the use of all the tools behind the creation of the model. Let's put it this way. I was more comfortable in sharing information with the team, and they seem to be more comfortable in sharing their Jupyter notebook with me, <laughs> I hope. Uh, but one point at which CPMI uh, contributed the most for me was the operationalization phase. Uh, I say that because when you talk about deployment, there are different approaches and possibilities. A model running batch is quite different from a model run, uh, running uh, real-time streaming, for instance. Another issue that arose was that uh, was the one regarding uh, cloud versus uh, on-premise deployment. Which one's the best and why? Uh, that's a point that deserves a careful study due to several more technical issues, but also from the security, po security point of view. Here in Brazil, uh, we have a recent law uh, regarding data protection. Uh, so that's something that we had to, you know, to, to look, to overlook and to, uh, and to look at again and, and see uh, exactly what can be done, what can't be done. It's equivalent to the GDPR uh, law, I believe. And it's, so you have to, you know, somehow tune it uh, the, 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 the best way, right? I have said that, I think it's important to mention as well that you, uh, that, that you Ron, and Caitlin, put together a very well-structured material with lots of interesting insights. And all of that seasoned with this good human that, uh, that I believe is the mark of your partnership. So, so thanks a lot. Yeah. You know, you said a lot of things in there. Um, and 
I mean, all of it is incredibly important. You're right. Running AI projects is not like software development projects. And also to understand the phases, also how to talk to teams, right? I mean, this is supposed to help level set with terminology so that everybody's talking the same language. One thing that we found, I mean, there's a lot of struggles, like you said, but, you know, just talking to different teams, like line of business versus uh, IT, the more technical people, sometimes they don't always talk the same language and they may be saying the same thing, um, but there's some roadblocks that get in the way with that, you know, kind of the terminology there that can stall projects unnecessarily and can create real issues, especially if you're crunched for time. Also, I like, you know, business understanding. Yes, phase one, make sure you're actually solving a real business problem. Understand how to ask the right questions to make sure that you are and that everybody on the team is on board. I mean, these seem pretty (laughs) basic, right? And, you know, if if you've been running AI projects, then you know some of the pain points firsthand. And definitely, you've been sharing your experiences, which is wonderful. So, um, you know, specifically, too, I know that you have invested in yourself and invested in education, really think that that is important, which is great. And we're, you know, we're big advocates of investing in yourself as well. So how has the CPMAI certification grown key skills for yourself and then helped enhance other, you know, certifications that you have as well? Oh, that that's uh, that's a good question. Thanks for asking. Uh, I do have other certifications. Uh, uh, for instance, with PMI, like PMP, PM, PMI ACP, and so on, and uh, as well as from other institutions like Scrum Alliance, uh, Kanban University, among others. All of them were were and are very important for me uh, uh, for my training as a project manager, consultant, and professor. However, uh, specifically for AI projects, I believe that CPMI is the most uh, uh, adequate one, uh, the one that fits better due to the care with which it treats the specifics of an AI project, its terminology and the data pipeline. Actually, if there's one thing that I've learned from my experience with AI projects is that data is the heart of everything. I mean, of course, uh, the algorithms are very important, uh, uh, the model itself, the, of course, everything is <laughs> the tuning, the hyperparameters, everything is important, but the data is the most important thing. And that in practice, uh, real projects are far less romantic than AI fiction movies would have us believe. <laughs> in other words, data wrangling is, is laborious, tiring, uh, but if poorly performed, uh, compromise the entire model training and the expected result itself. So answer your question. I think CPMI ends up complementing the other certifications I've done, uh, specifically those related to agile projects, because AI projects have many characteristics that, that involve agility. Uh, they are nonlinear, uh, exploratory work, continuous learning, among others. So, so basically, that's that. That's it. Yeah, that's really very interesting. And one of the things we've we've noticed, actually, even much more so recently, as people are paying, putting more attention into data processes, right? Of which AI is a is one type, one thing that we want. We want to take our data and maybe build these machine learning models that can then, you know, generalize and create these these models that we can use to do things based on the learning. But there's lots of other kinds of data projects, some of them very basic, just like, you know, reporting, basic reporting and charting and, you know, transactional stuff, sending people invoices and things, which are very important. These are very important things. But one of the things we're, we're, we're starting to see is that all these different worlds 
are starting to overlap. So the folks who are saying, I'm not actually building any data projects. I'm not a data analyst. I'm not a data scientist. I'm just responsible for moving data around. I'm like a data engineer or I'm an IT person. They're telling me that I'm the safeguard of data quality and I'm the safeguard of data privacy and I'm the safeguard of data governance. I'm like, I'm not even building data apps. I'm just moving things around. Then you have the universe of data analysts and business intelligence people and data science people. And they're like, we're just, you know, some of the stuff trying to just basic visualization. And then, of course, you have people who are trying to gain insights, you know, make the data provide even more value. And everybody's coming at it now from this this uh, perspective. And I think this is this is a personal opinion at this point. We've interviewed many people who have had the title of chief data officer or of other you know senior level officers. And I think a lot of them are, are having a very hard time because I think many of them are either coming at it from one of those perspectives or another. And they're saying, well, I'm an IT person. So for me, data is an asset. And my job is to make sure that the data is where it needs to be and is managed how it needs to be. But don't ask me about the analysis. That's not my job. That's somebody else's job. And you're like, okay, that's an interesting take on CDO. Then you have somebody else who's CDO who's like, yeah, I'm like a data scientist. I, I do evaluation, but it's not my job to figure out where the data is and how it gets there and the data quality. And then like, well, doesn't that impact your ability to do your job, right? And the answer, the answer to all these questions, of course, is yes. And I think there's a, I think a redefinition. Uh, I think the whole area of data and information is is in the midst of some uh, some changes. And I think smart people who are listening to this podcast and people who are just in general out there should invest very much so in understanding things like architecture and design and process because it's going to carry you very very far. Um, because you can't be like, well, I know Tableau and I know analysis, I know R, I know Python. Like that's great what your organization's problems are data engineering, right? And then you have somebody else who's like, oh, I know, you know, AWS and this and that and that. Like, that's great. But somebody wants you to extract stuff from a data lake. And the first question we hear from them is, what's a data lake? So it's always confusing. <laughs> it throws us off because we're like, why are you asking us this question? This is something you know. And that's because they're all in their own universes. They're all in their own worlds. And they're not really talking to each other, which is a different kind of data silo that we've been finding. So a little bit of a rant for you folks here, but we this is I think we're at this pivotal moment here and trying to understand that whole aspect and the be be more of a com complete picture. So I don't know if you Andrew, you had a comment on that. If not, I've got a final I got like a final wrap-up question. It's our usual wrap-up question, but you can comment on uh, on what I just mentioned about sort of getting this more holistic view of data. Well, uh, one thing that I that I that I can say is that I couldn't agree with you more in terms of what's coming and in terms of uh, the skills that the project manager should have. Uh, I've been talking about that uh, on lectures and every and and, and events, uh, saying that uh, if you're a project manager and you wanna, you know, uh, evolve in your career, you should be aware of data. You should be aware of data and engineering, as you just said. You should be aware of the statistics. You should be aware of machine learning. Uh, and I say, sometimes they say to me, uh, why Why should I learn all that? I mean, I'm not with IT. I'm not in IT. I'm, uh, I don't want to know that. I'm, 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 a, I'm a client on this, of this stuff. And I say, well, uh, what happens is that the world, the whole, the whole world is, is, is moving towards uh, artificial intelligence, towards the, uh, uh, data. 
And uh, if you want to stay, uh, you know, uh, employed, <laughs> uh, uh, you should learn about this stuff. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to make your life much, much easier. We definitely agree. Uh, you know, and I think that, I mean, the world is evolving and changing and you do need to keep up with different technologies, with different trends that are out there. Even some of the terminology, you know, even if it's a buzzword, it's kind of like get to get to at least know what it means and know kind of the core concept behind it so that when people throw it out there, then you know what they're talking about. Uh, so as a final note, you know, this has been such a wonderful uh, interview discussion, and we love to talk to CPMAI certified individuals because we like to hear how you're putting it into practice. We like to hear your take on it, how it's helped you and, you know, with your key skills, how it's helped you better talk with different folks on your team, uh, kind of reframe some of the thinking around projects. Because you had mentioned earlier, data is the heart of AI. We fully agree. And so you need to make sure that you're understanding kind of, you know, basic data concepts and how to approach these projects like data projects, which not everybody does. And then you get into your project and you're like, wow, why am I running into such issues? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sure you felt those, that pain. <laughs> so as a final note, we'd like, uh, would, you, would you like to comment on that before I ask the final no, question? No, no, that's no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Okay, Go perfect. Um, so we like to wrap up our interviews with the same question because we always get such a unique perspective from every guest. And so I'm really looking forward to hear what you have to say. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? Well, uh, well, uh, I wish I had this answer, <laughs> but uh, based on what I've been doing and studying and, and working with, uh, first, uh, in terms of projects, uh, it's to them that innovation is deployed, right? So uh, it's it's only natural that project management itself will be targeted by new technologies such as uh, artificial intelligence. So for, for project managers who want to work or migrate to the AI area, there is only one alternative left. I mean, uh, study and update yourself. Uh, and CPMI, uh, for me, it's a wonderful way to do it. Uh, uh, the good news is that the payoff comes in, in two ways. I mean, uh, at the same time as we penetrate the maze of data science, we also learn to communicate better with machines. So uh, let it be clear that the manager's role in this relationship will never be the same. Uh, evolving in a constant and, and, and in compulsory way. Since the power of AI, we also naturally and inevitably encompass the, the, the management, management activity itself. Uh, now, talking in general, it seems to me that uh, we are still scratching the surface of a huge iceberg named, uh, named artificial intelligence. Uh, I believe there's a lot to come. And we are at the beginning of it, really at the beginning. So uh, artificial intelligence for me uh, is the equivalent of, uh, of steam engines from the first industrial revolution or electricity from, from the second revolution or the computer itself on the third revolution. And actually, it's even more because it has the possibility of going further in terms of its impact and, and coverage. Uh, it's really a turning point for, for the humanity. Uh, I don't share a pessimistic view of AI, <laughs> Skynet or stuff like that. <laughs> of course, there are challenges on the way, like bias, moral, uh, ethical issues, and so on. But there's also many wonderful possibilities that lie ahead in the most diverse areas, such as healthcare, 
finance, HR, uh, even our everyday life and, and so on. So it's not about competing with machines, but working with them, uh, increasing our human human uh, capabilities. So that may seem a little bit philosophical, <laughs> but, uh, but but these are my thoughts. Uh, this, this is what I think, yeah. That's fantastic. As mentioned, you know, whenever we we ask the question, you always get different answers, and that that's a fantastic one too. We we happen to believe everything you say about you know, uh, it, it, you can even think of artificial intelligence more as a journey than even a destination. Which is that every single time we get closer and closer to machines handling more of the cognitive load of what humans would do, we make our notch closer artificial intelligence. But as you know, that's the common refrain about AI, that the moment you solve something, it's no longer AI and it's the next thing. That's sort of like, you know, it's more like the the quest to colonize Mars or something. It's just this, this yeah. goal. That's the way I kind of look at it. And, that, you know, it's helpful. It's helpful to have these um, these visions, you know, because it guides us, hopefully, in the right direction, doing the right things, you know. Um, not all the time, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it's just a, my concern has never been about machines doing bad things. It's about people doing bad things. And that's when I, I'm the most concerned about, you know, that that's always a big issue. Well, this has been fantastic. You know, as mentioned, you know, we can continue to have this conversation and we will, and you may, maybe you'll hear more from Andre, uh, as we sort of, uh, continue on, or maybe, you know, engage with him as part of the CPMAI community. That's one of the biggest things we're working on, especially now is not just you know the 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 ed- education component and the certification component those parts are important but it's also the community component getting more of our CPMI community together helping each other growing each other's skills that is really the untapped we talked about the untapped uh, value there of the uh, of the iceberg you know that's the untapped value of the CPMI iceberg is the connections and the people and their experiences and we are definitely enhancing that so so keep an eye on what we are doing and the community everybody Andre as well. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. But I think on that note, just want to give you a big thanks. You've been a fantastic guest. You've contributed so much for this podcast. And I'm sure AI Today podcast listeners have enjoyed hearing from you. Thank you both. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll also post any uh, you know concepts and topics that we discussed in the show notes, including a link to the free intro to CPMAI course. So definitely make sure to check that out if you haven't done so already. And with that, we'd like to thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.